0: The U.S. federal government has a vast workforce with about 2.8 million workers across more than 100 agencies. Like every employer, federal agencies need to recruit, hire, develop and manage that workforce. In some ways, the challenges facing HR leaders at a federal agency is no different than that in a commercial enterprise. But there are key differences, including a heavily unionized workforce and the interplay between agencies and elected officials. I'm Greg Thomas, and today on the Workday podcast, we're gonna talk about the HR landscape at federal agencies and the role of technology in helping address some of the challenges. To do that, I'm very pleased to be joined today by Kristen Vaughn, Managing Director of the Human Capital Practice at Accenture Federal Services, and Wayne Bobby, Vice President for Federal at Workday. Kristen and Wayne, welcome to the Workday podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go too deep, For the benefit of our listeners, can you each give a brief introduction and maybe Kristen will start with you.
1: Sure, I lead Accenture's human capital practice, which spans people, process and technology for all things HR and workforce. I've been doing strategy and consulting for over 20 years and have a deep experience across large scale ERPs and SaaS implementations. My focus has really been on helping clients solve their toughest challenges in the HR space through process improvement, digital transformation, workforce enablement, and really creating the best experience for users.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for being here. And Wayne, how
2: about you? Thank you, Greg. So I'm very pleased to be here. And my background is, started my career as a federal government employee at the U.S. Department of State, and then moving to the private sector later on in my career. And uh, while I lead Workday's federal sales business, I pride myself on being a trust advisor and problem solver for many federal agencies as they look to modernize their back office solutions around human capital management and financial management. So I'm pleased to be a part of this podcast today. Uh,
0: well, thank you both for joining me today. So the past year and a half have had a huge impact on people and organizations worldwide. And to, to set the stage a little bit for the federal sector, what's been the impact of the pandemic on the workforce and, uh, and the general state of mind for, for workers at federal agencies? And Kristen, why don't we start with you?
1: I know we say this a lot, but COVID really did change everything. We got to know employees and teams on a more personal level. We saw the insides of their houses. We saw their kids on video. We shared war stories. And we spent the first few minutes of every call checking in to see how people were doing. Based on Accenture's research, we found that federal workers took great pride in fighting their role during the pandemic. 75% said their jobs that had actually become more meaningful. Um, we also found similar data in the 2020 Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey, FEBS, The federal workers were more engaged and had their highest levels of engagement in over five years. But at the same time, almost 68 percent of people felt more stress. And with that, employees were expecting more from their employers, especially as they anticipate a return to work and going back to the office. And leaders need to take more responsibility for the holistic well-beings of their employees and really try to engage their trust.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot in there to unpack, and we'll we'll dive in to a number of those topics. Wayne, is there anything you would add from kind of what you're hearing from from folks at the agencies?
2: You no, know, I I think Kristen was right. I think it did impact the entire family. So you brought your work home. You're on calls. People understood your schedule much closer than before, as opposed to you left at seven a.m. in the morning to go catch the bus or drive to work, and you got home at you know, six or seven in the evening. In this case, your family members knew when you had a call, what that call was likely about, what were some of those, you know, pressing items that were on your calendar that day or that week. I would add also too. I think that, that, that we found that the federal government workers are very creative and very resilient. We've seen over the course of time, whether it, there were activities like Katrina or COVID, or going back to I had been involved years ago in the Cash for Clunkers initiative when when the government was buying back cars. We we, we find that when these types of initiatives hit the government and they need to respond, and you know I don't want to call it a total crisis, but you know kind of a more urgent situation, the feds tend to do very well at this. So we'd applaud them for that. So
0: let's let's talk a bit about that shift to remote work. It was pretty profound. It was pretty profound across you know, the, the world really across all sorts of different industries. And, and I imagine it was both a, a cultural set of adjustments and a technology set of adjustments. Um, Kristen, can you talk a bit about how the shift to remote work kind of unfolded for, for agencies and, and to the extent that there's some changes that are gonna endure beyond the pandemic, what do you think that looks like?
1: Overall, I don't think there's gonna be no going back to normal. I like to think about it as going back to better. To agencies to really, they need to turn temporary fixes into long-term solutions. And the, with all of this, the workforce realized they want flexibility. So going to an office five days a week is no longer a requirement. And they expect t- technology and their agencies to be able to support working at any time, anywhere, to help them collaborate and communicate. And the post-COVID-19 workforce is definitely a hybrid workforce. So some employees will be in the office, others will be at home potentially working different hours. And teams will be mixed and blended. We'll have to figure out how to work with both of those things. And technology and cloud applications that employees use need to support a blended environment. And I think workforce agility now has a whole new meaning. And for agencies, I think this means you know, providing secure solutions that can be accessed from anywhere, be quickly stood up and enabled, and allow for collaboration and information to sharing and access to real-time data and metrics. And these solutions have to be scalable and have the employee at the heart of the experience. It has to be quick and easy. There's no longer time to sit in a training class for five days to learn how to use something. And I think we need to realize that, you know, these solutions have to be flexible where one size doesn't fit all, where technology and security varies by worker and your location and your type of role and the data that you need. And if agencies don't move fast, employees are gonna find an employer who can support those needs. And I, I think agencies also need to pay attention to creating a sense of community. That's what's missing in the virtual environment. So things like collaboration and co-creation, you know, applications and different tools need to be able to support this from a technology perspective, but also from a culture perspective. And so as we look at ways that we engage the workforce, you know, technology plays a key role in that. And before the pandemic, we had all these tools and technologies around, but we just didn't put them to use in the right ways. So as we think about the future, you know, thinking about what new technologies and tools will arise that will cause us to work differently as well. It's it's an exciting time and it's something that we're going to shape, I think, and learn and grow as we go through it.
0: Yeah, we're we're all probably as tired of the of the phrase "new normal" as we are uh, the word "unprecedented." Um, Wayne, Wayne, what would you pick up from those different things that Kristen was was laying out? You know, whether it's the agility, the data, the experience, and the the the, the way in which technology is really enabling a different way of working.
2: You know, I I think Kristen's right. I think there is there is a, a new normal that's that's going to be you know be taken over. So you're you're working in a in, in a much more casual dress environment, but you're working heads down to get the job done. Um and I recall you know on a number of occasions being on um some was a Zoom call or or Microsoft Teams, what have you, you know, working on an effort with my colleagues, not only at Workday, but also in the government. And one thing stood out to me, Greg, and that is. On that call, as if you were, if somebody were to look on and, and see all the folks that were a part of that call or part of that initiative, you couldn't tell who was the government employee and who was the private sector employee. It was all just one team coming together to solve that business problem. And and, and I think that that's really what we want. We want to you know strive to is in terms of if this is a a problem facing the country or you know a, a, an IT issue facing a government agency that we can all solve together. That doesn't really matter how it comes together, bring the, the, the smart minds together to address it and solve it. And that's how it should be, to be perceived as one team solving that problem. And, that, and as I think about things like Zoom, which we use a lot, looking back, we tended to use that more in talking to people within our own company and you know, those tools. Uh, and then if we had to meet you know, with the customer, you would you would go meet them you know, at their organization or they would come to you, sit down in the conference room, that sort of thing. But this this made it very easy that we could all just meet together through these technology devices and people got used to it quickly because they had to. And I think we, we found that it does really work and it does create that kind of that one team approach to, to problem solving. So that was encouraging to me.
0: So let's let's shift a bit and talk about talent and the some of the unique talent challenges that are facing federal agencies. Uh, you know in some ways they're perhaps not unique to to a federal environment. there's there's a shortage of, of people out there and, and it's just hard to find folks right now um, in a lot of cases. but there probably are some unique challenges facing a, a federal agency. Kristen, how do you see that talent landscape right now?
1: I see a few things, Greg. So the first is an aging workforce. So we've really been anticipating a retirement cliff for the last five to seven years, and that's never happened. People are working longer than they originally planned, and this means limited budgets to bring on the next generation of workers, and they have different skill sets. We're not, no longer just backfilling resources with the old skills. We want to hire new skills and reskill employees. So the aging workforce is a big issue. Um, recruiting, although not unique to government, um, it's really hard to find mission-critical skills in both the commercial and federal space. So think about cyber, cloud, AI, and agencies need to tap into these talent pools and have access to the talent to compete with the commercial companies that they can, you know, commercial companies can offer more flexibility and possibly more money. So how does federal agencies really compete with those commercial companies? And a lot of what the research tells us is that it's based on mission. Employees want to do something cool and exciting. I feel like they're contributing to the mission of the agency. And I think the third one that comes to mind is really retention and culture dissipation. So employees are leaving jobs to find more flexible ones, obviously, but not all agencies can have their employees work remotely in the government because of things like security and classified data and the types of work. So federal agencies need to be able to balance security requirements with meeting the needs of the workforce and they need to find a way to build and grow their culture in a hybrid work environment. So I think those are the three biggest challenges that stand out in my mind.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because because a lot of that is perhaps similar in a commercial enterprise, but but there are those twists that are that are different in, in the government world. Wayne, what would you add to to that list or or expound upon from it?
2: You know, I, I was I was talking to uh, uh, a longtime friend yesterday who's uh, who's a state controller today. As we were talking about some of these these challenges that we've all faced, and she had mentioned you know the whole idea of attracting that next generation workforce. And Kristen's right. It's across governments, across the private sector, and you're really looking at what are these opportunities that are available to me. And people are really looking for a career, not just a job, in terms of. So, if I were to, you know, engage with you as a potential employer, you know, what's the career path for me? What can I expect, you know, over the next year, five years, ten years? And um, as I was talking to this this state controller, she had mentioned that they're modernizing some of their their IT systems and their back office systems. And she and and she made the point to the legislature. Look, we we can't we can't attract the next generation to come work with green screen technology. I mean, what 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 is going to be that technology we're, we're going to have people use? You know, what are those tools that they're going to use, and how is that beneficial to them as they they chart out a career path on their behalf? So I think that you know when you look at you know bringing that back to the federal space, and, and we see numbers that roughly about seven percent of the federal workforce today is under thirty years old. Kristen's right. Eventually, these baby boomers are going to retire. Or they're going to move on, although they are working longer. Um, the government workforce is going to change over the next 20 years. And what's what's that government workforce going to look like? What's the mission of government going to be? And, and how do we attract people that to want to you know, come and be a part of that and be those leaders You know, for those programs that are going to become critical for the country uh, for the next generation to come?
0: Yeah. So let's let's pick up on a couple of those things. So starting with attracting talent, you, you both spoke of mission and and you know trying to get people in the door who who, who really believe in what an agency is doing or what a government is doing. Um, at the same time, there's a tight talent market. It can take a long time historically to to bring someone on board. How are how are government agencies thinking about reducing the the time it takes to hire or simplifying that process so that they get people on board before they might take a a different offer.
1: In a tight talent market, employees have all the power and control. So candidates want to wait around to, you know, have a difficult time applying for a job or waiting to hear back from a recruiter on the status of their application or have a difficult onboarding experience. I think this is where SaaS and cloud-based tools really can enable HR with the data to make this process a lot faster and more efficient. So improving the time to hire, improving better candidate outreach, and these are all things that, that are key. And it's it's doing it quickly and with agility. So making the user experience for the employee truly unique. And you know it's, it's really easy to make a bad first impression, and the candidate's going to be out the door. So I think with recruiting, it's imperative that you get this right, where you show personalization and quick follow-up to make sure the candidate feels valued and that this is a place where they want to work, because that's the first thing they're going to see.
0: Wayne, you talked a few minutes ago about the notion of people wanting a career. You know, well, some of that is is perhaps making sure that that my what I want as a as a prospective employee is aligned with what the agency is doing. Uh, but it but it touches on some of these other things we've been talking about as well: the experience and and how I collaborate with others and the growth path that I might have. So broadening the the definition of talent a little bit to talent management. How do agencies need to make sure that they're helping their workforce, you know, see that it is a career and not just a job, to use your phrase?
2: Well, if you pull that back to what takes place in a human capital management solution for an agency today and connect those dots, what workday would provide is is all those abilities to interact with that candidate as they're hired and they're onboarded to be a new employee. And that person is placed into a position, but also there's a career path, there's a succession plan, there's talent management, there's a performance management objective, there's an individual development plan as a part of what they're doing. And so they can start to see what is my entire career and how do I go about taking advantage of learning management opportunities and training that can help me. All these things are captured about an employee today that we never knew those years ago unless somebody told us they had these other, you know, skills, whatever. So, you're able to collect all this information about people and their career path and what they can provide for you. And I think that's what we want to know in terms of understanding the full depth and breadth of that individual as we work with them and give them opportunities to grow.
0: And there's absolutely a a technology component to that, Kristen. Where do I keep track of those skills? How do I make it available to to other teams and whatnot? So when, when you think about that Employee experience when someone is 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 at an agency and they're and they're building that career. Where do HR leaders in in the federal sector need to be thinking about the role of, of technology and, and HR systems to help enable that kind of experience? Yeah,
1: you know, SaaS tools can really help employees. You know, do self service um, and manager self service. So you think about you know being able to view your own job and career information explore new opportunities. What does it look like if I want to advance to the next career level or in a different job series or if I get promoted to the next GS level and give them an opportunity to explore those roles and, and learn, right? What are the learning paths that I can go through? What's the training that I need if I want to grow in my career or if I want to switch career paths? And these need to be things that are personable to that, personal to them and really tied to their interests. So you want the employee to feel like you can manage your own career and choose the best path for yourself or someone else isn't doing it for you. And I think this is really critical to employee engagement. And as we all know, an engaged employee is an employee who will grow and thrive within that agency and stay there for a career, not just a job.
0: Yeah, and that's where that that desire to really bring that discretionary effort comes in. Is when you know there's alignment between what the employee wants, what the what the agency is doing, and and feeling like you know my contributions are really valued and, and important. So before we move off of talent as a topic I, I'd be remiss not to to note that that like companies and organizations everywhere there is an increasing focus in increasing diversity equity and inclusion in, in the federal sector and, and we could we could devote an entire conversation uh, to that very important topic um, but to the extent that, that technology is is an enabler in helping agencies track their progress, accelerate their progress towards whatever their individual DNI goals might be. What do you see, Kristen, in in working with your clients in, in terms of how they're thinking about DNI?
1: I think feedback and measurement is is really important, and we all know what's measured is what is what's important. And cloud technologies can really bring data together across applications to hold, show the whole employee picture. So think about assessing re- retention rates by job series or understanding why people leave or based on ethnicity. And you can see which teams are most engaged and why. And I think the key to all this is being proactive versus reactive. It's a lot harder to fix something on the back end after you learn about the problem. And it's a lot easier to address it beforehand when you have analytics telling you there could be a potential problem here. And diversity goals are so important. Agencies need to make them known so we can track progress and people can see what the agency is striving towards and really share these goals across the workforce and easy to use dashboards and analytics. And I think cloud technologies can help also remove the bias in this from an IND effort, including recruiting and performance management. We also need to make sure the technology doesn't bring unintended bias to enterprise efforts around IND um, and making sure that bias is taken out of every step. So with cloud technologies, you know, really using it to track and enable employee morale and engagement, and it's, the data is no longer hidden, it's accessible to everyone, and everyone knows what the goals are and the targets to help the agencies get there.
0: Yeah, I, I love that notion that, you know, we, if if it's not measured, we're not going to make improvements on it. There's something very Both simple and profound about seeing things in 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 stark relief when when data is is presented, right? That's that's where we are. How do we how do we move forward? Wayne, what what would you add on this topic? It's 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 such a critical thing in in terms of engagement and and sort of, you know, if you think about agencies needing to reflect the constituency of the country, right? Like how do we make sure that they continue to just move in the in the direction of being more inclusive and and representative of of the country as a whole?
2: Kristen's right. You know what you measure is what, what's important, what's what actually gets done. So today, as, as technology supports this, we need to focus on the information, right? So years ago, all these systems that supported the, these solutions were so transactional oriented. You know, you didn't know any information, but today we do have access to information about this. So I think it's never been more key to focus on the diverse nature of the country, diverse nature of those citizens that all these agencies are supporting, right, and build on these diverse views that we all bring to the table and just yeah, use an, an old adage, continue to polish the stone to make, it, make us not, that much better at what we do. Yeah. I mean, there's
0: there's so much research that shows that diverse teams just drive better outcomes, right? That diversity of thought, diversity of background, diversity of socioeconomic status. There, there are so many different dimensions. But, you know, I, I only know what I know from my own experience. And, and the more people can be sitting at a table, real or virtual with me, the, the better the outcome is going to be. Okay, so let's let's move on to how federal agencies are, are seeking to learn best practices from, from commercial organizations. We've talked in a number of places here today about how, how the government may be different, but there are things that, that, you know, in terms of HR practices that they're trying to learn, that agencies are trying to learn from the commercial sector. Um, Kristen, what are some of the areas where you think the government is looking to borrow best practices or emulate what they see in the commercial world?
1: I think the biggest focus from a commercial um, sector in the last 18 months has obviously been in healthcare. So you look at the landscape for healthcare providers and it continues to change dramatically. There's been industry-wide reform, um, the operating model has changed, the supply chain has changed, business processes have changed, and really finding the right talent has changed. And companies have to become more agile and efficient and adaptable in order to achieve those goals. And I think federal agencies can take away a few things um, from them. Um, So first your technology must allow you to quickly change processes and business models, right? And be flexible. So you have to seamlessly interact with other systems and scale quickly. You also need to put talent first. So as we mentioned before, employee experience is everything from pre-day one before you actually join the organization or the agency to employee self-service, to training and benefits. These have to be easy to use and understand. And finally, metrics are key. So agencies must be able to see the full picture of their organization to make informed decisions and really collaborate and act on this information in an agile way and make decisions quickly um, in order to provide the best information and results to their, their customers, their suppliers, and their employees. And I'm talking predictive analytics here, not just reporting. These are things like assessing employee attrition, workforce planning needs, financials and payroll to really proactively get ahead of any key risks and issues that might come up. So I see those as the big lessons learned from the commercial space that federal agencies can take with them.
0: Yeah. And you both spend far more time with, with agencies than I do, of, of course. But but the things that, that Kristen just named off there, Wayne, aren't necessarily things that I would associate with government. And so the, there is a lot to learn there from the commercial sector to, to build on the good work that's already being done.
2: No, I think she's right. I, I look at how the private sector has developed and you look at the workplace itself in terms of what they've done to create workplaces that are, that are much more appealing to people to kind of stay and then work across the day. You have a cafeteria where people can go and spend time together and, and discuss issues and topics and that sort of thing. And you've done that work, you can do that from do that at the workplace or do that from home. And then you, you look at the government, You know what's gonna happen in Washington DC over the next 20 years Do we need all of these federal buildings anymore? I mean, as we move to a you know a Zoom-like you know workspace, what what's the cost of all that real estate? You know what's going to happen? Do we need do we need people to to drive and carpool into town to just to be that works anymore? How does that impact you know roads and public transportation? All these things have an impact. You know, based on these localities, you know, like a Washington D.C. or other localities that have developed around, you know, government or other type businesses, you know, state capitals, that sort of thing. So I think that all these dimensions are going to change for us as we move. I may have gotten off topic here a little bit, but these are things that come to mind to me in terms of how commercial organizations have moved into spots that make sense for them from a business perspective. And that same adage may play itself out as well in, in the federal government space in terms of do we really need, do we need this large building right in the middle of Washington, D.C. Maybe not.
0: No, I think you're just a step ahead, Wayne, because I was going to pivot us to to the cloud and the impact that the cloud is having on on HR. You know, for for CHROs, for HR leaders who who are listening to this and, and thinking about all the shifts that you've both been talking about the shift to remote work competing for for scarce talent building careers it's not entirely a set of challenges that, that are solved by human capital management software in the cloud but but there's an aspect to enabling the kind of workforce and the kind of career path that you've both been talking about that that you know, the cloud can be quite instrumental in enabling. So, Kristen, starting with you, where and how do you see cloud HCM changing the way that, that HR leaders either are thinking or should be thinking about their practices?
1: I think the bottom line is it's really all about adapting to a dynamically changing environment that has solutions and services that make it easy for employees to perform their jobs and collaborate and feel like their employer cares about them holistically in their personal and professional lives. And cloud technologies can really help Chico's and HR organizations manage this seamlessly. And this is really a game changer for human capital management. You're moving from a back office function to more of a strategic function with agencies providing workforce insights to help attract, retain, and grow top talent and really become an employer of choice. So I think that's why it's it's moving from the back office up to a strategic player.
0: Wayne, how about how about you? You spend your days you know talking to, to agencies about the benefits of the cloud. How do you see it unfolding for them?
2: Well, I, I think Chris hit some really good points there. I, I think that as these people you know look to move to you know cloud technology and the benefits, how does this apply to the mission of my agency? I, I think about each day now as, as a workday employee, if I decide to work from home, go to the office, you know, um, I'll, I'll get a notice uh, on my mobile device, which says, are you, can you confirm that, you know, that you're not running a fever and that you don't have any symptoms? Uh, and I can click on that yes or no. And that can determine whether I have access to the office that day or not, right? If I choose to go to the office. But some of these things can be handled in, in mobile devices. So I think we're looking, we're looking at, at attracting the next generation workforce, moving to the cloud, where you're looking at people going to work for not only a mission they believe in, a government mission they believe in, but also how they do that mission every day. It's not only do I believe in that mission, it's also do I have the tools available to me where I think I can make an an impact on that mission. And I think if you give people 1960s tools to try to change the way we get things done in 2021, people are going to see right through that. So you need to give them, you know, much more effective tools that are in line with the times yeah.
0: so as we as we come to a close here I'd, I'd love to ask each of you to to share a piece of advice with our listeners for those who who might be on this journey or where whether they're starting whether they're in the middle whether they're they're far along thinking about all of these hr considerations we've been talking about what what piece of advice would you leave them with and kristen i'll start with you
1: I'd say focus on the employee experience and center all changes in HR around the employee. What would a change in processes, policies, technology mean to them? And what are the benefits to them personally? You have to make it personable and what we call the what's in it for me factor. And the goal is really to make the employee better off, which in turn makes the agency better off. And we call this net better off in our new Accenture research. I think this way everyone wins.
0: Thank you, Kristen. Wayne, what about you? What would you leave our listeners with?
2: I would focus on the fact that, you know, change can be good and it can spawn some real innovation. And and I I would say that throughout our country's history with government that uh, some of our finest hours have been during some of these unplanned or or forced attention on topics or urgent uh, activities that have forced us to just respond and react we all we often think about what the government can learn from the private sector of the commercial world and i i would venture to say that there are probably a lot of great ideas that actually started in the government that the private sector is not benefiting from today so um so I, I would say look you know don't be afraid to change you know in fact you know embrace it and and, and look at in terms of what can be done look at what history has taught us because i think some of our um greatest achievements have, have happened during some of these trying times. Agreed.
0: This has been a, a wonderful conversation. I'm afraid we have to bring it to a close, though. I want to thank my guests, Kristen Bond from Accenture Federal Services and Wayne Bobby from Workday. Thank you both for being here.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: And we've been talking about the changing world of human resources in federal agencies. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe to the Workday podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Greg Thomas, and thank you for listening.